Okay, good morning. Uh, if you'd like to be turning in your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to read a few verses there as we carry on our series, What's So Amazing About Grace? So 2 Corinthians chapter 12, reading from verse 6. This is Paul speaking. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool, because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say, or because of these surpassing great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. In the film Finding Nemo, uh, Nemo's father, Marlin, Nemo and Marlin, they're both clownfish, uh, if you haven't ever seen the film. Uh, but Marlin, he wants to make sure that he never lets anything happen to Nemo. He doesn't want him to go to school until he's a bit older. He's terrified when he heads off on his first day on a school trip. He's constantly suggesting to Nemo that he's unable to do things in order to protect him from everything. Now, subtly, perhaps we can think that God is a bit like Marlin. Or subtly expect that he should be like that. For many of us, perhaps living pretty comfortable lives... This is the grace of God who always keeps us safe and makes sure nothing ever happens to us. Or if something very unusually does happen, it's a blip that God's grace will sort out very soon. God will make sure that nothing ever happens to us. You see, perhaps we can read verses like uh, Philippians 4 verse 19 and be incredibly comforted. That in Philippians 4, uh, 19, uh, Paul again says in that verse, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And we might perhaps read things like that and think, oh, everything will always be wonderful. God loves me, so he'll look after me. He'll protect me. Like Marlin tried to. Make sure nothing ever happens to me. But in fact, during the course of the film, with Finding Nemo, Marlin learns through his adventures with Dory, the little blue fish, trying to find Nemo who has fallen into trouble. He learns that he's got it very wrong. He has a conversation with Dory whilst both the pair of them are clinging onto the tongue of a whale. Marlin says, I promised I'd never let anything happen to him. Dory says, hmm, that's a funny thing to promise. Marlin's like, what? Dory says these very simple words. Well, you can't never let anything happen to him. Then nothing would ever happen to him. Not much fun for Nemo. You see, the truth is God is not like Marlin. God cares too much to just give us a life of comfort and ease. 
always keeping us safe, always wrapping us up in kind of spiritual cotton wool, protected from anything ever happening to us. You see, he doesn't promise that. He says in his word, he's leading us to live life to the full. He's transforming us to become more like him. We see promises throughout scripture and and stuff that has been uttered by the Bible writers. For example, David in Psalm 27, this is what he says of God, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? What does Jesus say as he commissions his disciples at the end of Matthew's gospel? Go and make disciples. Go. Go out into the world. Go and and do the things I've got planned for you. And I will be with you always till the very end of the age. And Paul again, Romans 8, 28, verse we've gone to so often. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him. A few verses later, who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, nothing. Paul's not saying these things don't happen. He's saying these things do happen, but they can't separate you from God's love. Jesus calls us to come follow him. Come take up your cross and follow me. And as we look at these verses in 2 Corinthians 12, Paul's telling some of his own story, showing us what God is like. He's not like Marlin the clownfish trying to wrap Nemo up in in cotton wool, trying to make sure nothing ever happens. He's the one who's with us in everything. And as we look at Paul's story here, we're going to see again what's so amazing about God's grace. We see the wonderful words of verse 9 where we're going to focus. This is what God said to Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. So what's God saying? What's Paul saying in these words? His grace is sufficient. His is a grace. God's grace provides. Paul knows this. We... We just need to look at the context of Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all your needs. Paul's understood what it is in Philippians 4 and verse 10 to 13. It's the context where he comes to say, my God will meet your, all your needs. He says, he says to this in verse 10, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. He's thanking them for their concern, for their gift. But I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in one. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. You see, this is... This is what Paul has learned in the best of times, in the times of plenty, in the worst of times, in the time of desperate need, in the time of desperate hardship. And as he says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I will boast in my weaknesses. I will delight in my weaknesses. I will delight in hardships and insults and difficulties. Well, because he's learned 
always in everything. This is, this is where I find contentment. This is where I find strength in him. He's the one who provides. As we've looked at in Romans 8, he is always at work. He works in all things. There's a song that's quite popular at the moment called Waymaker. Talks of the miraculous power of God. You're the waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. As he gets to the bridge of the song, he says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. God is always at work. His grace is sufficient. But what do we see of Paul's story here? He's been talking about how he could boast about all sorts of things. He's just talked about in the, in the third person how, how he received this incredible vision. But he says in verse 7, in 2 Corinthians 12, he tells us that he was given a thorn in the flesh. He was given a thorn in the flesh a messenger of Satan to torment me. We don't know what this thorn was. We don't know whether this is some physical ailment or something else, but it doesn't sound very nice. We can think, oh, okay, so God's grace, God will take it away, right? Praise God that God does intervene. God does bring change. God does bring healing and freedom and Transform situations. We see that through the gospel. Jesus healing many. Jesus providing food for many through turning five loaves and two fish into a feast for thousands and thousands. We see him raising Lazarus from the dead. We see him casting out demons. We see him healing the sick. We see it on through the book of Acts and beyond through the history of the church and today. Praise God that he intervenes by his grace. But also he sustains. Three times Paul cries out to God to take it away. And yet this is God's response. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. You see, we can get a bit confused and think, well, surely the gracious thing would have been for God to take it away, to take Paul out of this pain, whatever it was. And yet here we see, Paul is clear, no, in this, God's displaying his grace to me in sustaining me. In this trial, in this weakness, in it, God's grace is enough. You see, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, Paul also encourages us with this, that talks about temptation. And he says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. How is God faithful? He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Here's the promise of God. Not, you will never be tempted. Not, you will never face trial. Not, if you face trial, I'll get rid of it as quickly as possible, but I'll be with you. I won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. My grace is sufficient for you. 
You see, in troubled times, in hardship, our cry is understandably, God, take it away. God, change this. God, make this better. But actually, do we recognise that it can be God's gracious answer to say, no, keep trusting me. My grace is sufficient for you. God saying, I am enough for you. See, we can get tricked into thinking, well, God is good, right? Yeah. So, so therefore, God will keep us happy. No. God is good, so he's making us holy. God's answer is not always to just immediately take the trouble away. God's plan is not for us to be happy and comfortable and, in a sense, kind of lazy and, and, and comfortable. But God's plan is that his grace is sufficient for us in all things as he leads us in living life in all its fullness. You see, Dory's simple but not quite exactly right words kind of echo here. Well, seems a funny thing to promise, to not let anything ever happen to him. Well, then nothing will ever happen to him. God's got lives for us to live. God's got more for us than for us to always be kept safe. I was reminded this week as I was preparing this of, of this book of Brother Yun, a Chinese Christian uh, who, who, was known as, who was known as the heavenly man. And in this book, towards the end of the book, he tells of his third time that he was placed in prison. He was part of, part of the Chinese underground church. And the third time he was put in prison. We see he was, even before he got to prison, he'd kind of tried to get away from the police, jumped out of a window, severely hurt his legs. Then he'd been beaten massively. His legs had been kind of smashed up. He was in great pain. He was being tortured. And in verse, in, on page, uh, just uh, in this chapter, talking about his third time in prison, he says this. I had no Bible with me, so I meditated on God's word from memory and prayed in tears for the churches. I shouted out Bible verses at the top of my voice, clinging to God's promises, such as Psalm 27, verses 1 to 3. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. See, in the midst of the prison, Yun is singing out loudly day and night. On one occasion, the duty guard was mad at me. He asked me, are you going to spend your rest of your life in here? You professional criminal, I replied, no, when the Lord's time has arrived, I'll be released immediately. We see Brother Yun trusting God in the midst of horrendous circumstances. You see, it's easy to read Psalm 27 when it looks like God is winning, when it feels like everything's okay. The Lord is my refuge and my strength. The Lord, he is. But here, Brother Yun lives out Paul's cry. His grace is sufficient. Here, now, even here, God is bigger. God is with me. God is working even when I can't see it. God's grace is sufficient. 
And as Paul goes on in 2 Corinthians 12, God speaking, my power is made perfect in weakness. You see, why is Paul given this thorn in the flesh? Why does Paul explain he's been given it? What's the point? We see the context and we hear Paul's story. He could, he could boast. He, could, he, he had many reasons in a human sense to be proud. In fact, in spiritual matters too, I've received visions. He could boast. And yet he's given this thorn in the flesh to avoid me from becoming conceited. To avoid Paul being conceited, proud, self-reliant. To avoid Paul getting drawn into this wrong way of thinking. Look at me. Look at what I've done. Look at what I've seen. He's given this thorn in the flesh. Why? That he might know and acknowledge, God, I need you. God, I always need you. God, it is you I need. It's you who is powerful. It's you who gives me strength. I'm weak. You are strong. See, here's the truth. Happiness and comfort are not the goal of this life. Rather, the goal is to grow in knowing and trusting our Saviour. To recognise I am weak, but he is strong. To recognise I need him. To walk humbly with our God. To grow in this day by day. To be made more like him. You see, we can just get subtly drawn off track. Can think, I need God to give me this. To take this away. To, to change this. To change this situation. I need God to do this. I need God to do something. But you see, as Paul's teaching us here, God's grace ultimately teaches us, I need God. I need God. I need him. Not something he's going to do, not a miracle, not a sign, but ultimately I need him. I need more of him. And God, by his grace, enables us to grow in this wonderfully, graciously, and often beyond our understanding. We could so easily and in some ways rightly ask at the moment, why is this happening? When we look at the coronavirus, COVID-19, and we see the pain and the suffering and all that's happening and the confusion all around the world. Why, God? Why is this happening? When we look, at, look back to the divisiveness of the Brexit debate across this nation and the, the horrible uh, outworkings of that, not the debate itself, but the, the background of it and, uh, and the kind of division. Why, God? Why is this happening? When we look at the, the evils of racism, that despite perhaps only for some of us being brought starkly to the attention of us in this moment, have nevertheless been a reality that many have lived so much more closely with for years, for generations. Why, God, why? When we maybe look at our individual circumstances, why, 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 God, why is this happening? You see, they're so definitely a place to cry out to God, to lament, to petition, to ask. You see that so often in the Psalms. 
We see it. Starting with lament. How long, Lord? Why is this happening, Lord? Why have you forsaken me, Lord? We see this also with Brother Yun. If you go forward a few pages in that book, we see him reaching his lowest point and he's bitterly complaining. And yet we see in those moments, we see through the Psalms, we see in Brother Yun's case, actually, if you read uh, the, the chapters, in those moments, God meets with him. God meets with the psalmist. We see in Psalm 13, just looking at the first verse and then the last. Psalm 13 begins, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Yeah, in verse five and six, same Psalm, a few verses later, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. That, like so many Psalms, our hope and the hope of the psalmist doesn't spring from having the why answered, particularly not there and then, but by returning our gaze to who we put our trust in. To stand on this promise in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you. Whatever's happening, whatever's going on. To in that moment come to him. And as 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast your anxiety on him. Cast it all on him for he cares for you. Remembering that Jesus is at work even when we can't see it. Interceding for us. Making us more like him. Growing us to become more like him. See, we could easily personalise this and think, I need God to deal with COVID, to heal the divides of Brexit. In all seriousness and humility, to overcome and change the deeply ingrained and long-standing conscious and unconscious, uh, subconscious biases and prejudices and the evils of racism. Or even very personally, I need God to change my circumstances. Huge and worthy and right prayers and cries out to God. Why? How long, Lord? How long will this carry on? But we don't want to drift into an attitude of when that's fixed, then I can move on. When COVID's finally got sorted, maybe I can move on with God. No, I'm trusting in this answer now. My grace is sufficient for you. In the midst of the trouble, in the midst of trial, in the midst of stuff that's gone on for years. Keep crying out. But know this truth. My grace is sufficient for you. Right now, in the midst, in your weakness, in your trouble, in disastrous circumstances, in the face of massive injustice. Now, before it's changed. Now, even if it never changes. Trust in him. This is the grace of God. His grace is sufficient for you. See, Marlin wanted to wrap Nemo up and never let anything happen to him. See, God has so much more for us. He has life growing in him, in the good and in the bad and in the hard and in the frankly horrendous. Life, knowing this, I can trust him because his grace is sufficient for me. Amen.